Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I'm Will Anderson from the title of the podcast, only one show to plug, Darwin. Darwin Festival, I'm doing my show, we're legal at the Darwin Festival. Pretty much having the rest of the year off stand-up, uh, which uh, is so weird for me because I do stand-up every year and uh, I am missing it severely, but uh, there is a method to my madness. So um, I will, uh, at some stage, hopefully... Um, uh, at some stage, you know, kind of announce my plans for 2020 and what I'm going to do live on stage and all the exciting things that I have coming. Hopefully, hopefully, all the exciting things that I have coming. Uh, I am just planning what those things are at the moment. So Darwin, we're legal. That's the place to come and see me if you're in Darwin. That'd be cool. Now, today's episode, Bridget DeCloe. Bridge, one of the all-time great broadcasters, uh, such a wonderfully warm and generous woman, hilariously funny, um, just brilliant. Love Bridge to death. Um, she is unreal. And uh, you are going to hear all that right now on this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you like it, share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Um, you know, the only advertising that we have for this podcast is your word of mouth. So if you like the podcast, share it around. All right. Thank you for listening. And uh, oh, good episode next week too. Uh, so um, next week, Wayne Schwoss, uh, who you will have seen in the news a lot recently speaking about mental health and uh, you know sort of the depth uh, that he got to during his AFL playing career and and how that's made him an advocate for mental health and uh, anyway great episode next week but in the meantime I think you're going to really love this one uh, one of the warmest people that I know Bridget Duclos Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast, and this is how the podcast starts. I ask my guest who they are. It's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple way to start a podcast, but this is how it works. Uh, guest, who, who are you? <laughs> I am um, I'm Bridget Duclos, but I hate the name Bridget, so Bridge. Uh, so you do hate the name Bridget? Oh, I hate it. I, I, if anyone calls me Bridget, I go into a decline because I think I'm in trouble. I, I, I actually... I'm very furious with my parents for calling me Bridget because it's a name you can't relax with. You've always called me Bridge, so you're fine. I'm fine with that. If people call me Bridget, I absolutely go into a decline and think, ooh. So, yeah, it's, it's and I was called Bridget, Bridget when I was young. That didn't help. I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is one of those ones where I think that you always have to bully-proof your child's name. And if you're thinking around, you're like, oh, Bridget's a nice name. Yes. And then you're like, yeah, it is until she's like a teenage girl. And then she's exactly. Bridget Bridget. But, you know, I think when you've got a cute little baby in your arms yep. who's just been born, you don't think Bridget. No. Your parents aren't thinking about what your high school nickname <laughs> no, is going to be. they are not. However, I thought long and hard when naming my children, because I do think Bridget is a bad name. So, Bridge, I'm Bridge Duclos. I yeah. did think about it. It does depend on your life um, uh, experience as well. My what, sister- Whether I was frigid or not? No, well, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can explore that if you want later in the podcast. But, <laughs> Let's uh, not go there yet. No, I mean, your parents aren't thinking of that. And no. it's the same with my, my sister and her kids. Uh, she's named her youngest Molly, right? Yeah, yeah. Now. I know this because I have a friend called Charlie, and yes. Charlie is a slang term for drugs. Yes, right? I've got a Charlie, by yes, the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Molly is a slang term for drugs. Uh, and so over the years of knowing my friend Charlie, when somebody has gone, oh, you know, Charlie's going to be at the party, people have got the wrong idea, and then often are very disappointed when the guy Charlie turns up rather than what they were expecting. <laughs> and I did say to my sister, it might be the same 
for young Molly. If somebody was like, is Molly going to be here? And everyone's like, oh, great. Molly's going to be there. And then when just Molly turns up, they're like, oh, oh not really what we really? were. Oh, Sorry. Well, thought that, we were talking in code, guys. I called my son Charlie, and I've got to be honest, at the time, it never crossed my no. mind. But it had that double meaning. Um, oh, God. Well, I bring him to parties, and people have looked disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know why. Explains a little bit. <laughs> now, uh, Br- Bridge, if I can uh, uh, ask you this, because I do, uh, I, when you are a person who has shortened their name and, and someone, I, I'm the same, right? Like I'm Will, not William, yeah. you know. The only people I get William from is my grandmother still persists with a little William. And is that, it, it, yeah, it's funny. It's an or if you're in trouble to your parents if you're in trouble. Not no. that you should be in trouble now because oh. you're quite mature. Well, here's what I love <laughs> about my parents. They gave up on me being in trouble. They knew that me being in trouble was going to be a full-time occupation for them, and they were busy being dairy farmers. They didn't okay. need to yeah, yeah. to monitor whether I was in trouble you or not. You were born trouble, and they just worked that out. Yeah, yeah, They were like, oh, look, he seems to have monetized being in trouble most of the time. He's not asking us for money. Exactly. So, so what more do you want in life? What are we going to worry about? Yeah, here? exactly. He's not sponging off us. But I'm a will, but on all my legal documents and whatever, I'm still a William. Yes. You know, so, yeah. So if I'm in a passport office or I'm in the bank, I'll still get William. Yeah. I will get William uh, from my grandmother and I get William from my best friend, Justin, for some reason. He thinks it's amusing to call me William, call William rather William. See, my problem with it is, Bridget, if I introduce myself to someone, I'll say, oh, hi, I'm Bridget Duclos. Because Bridge Duclos sounds weird, but then I get cross when they call me Bridget. Right. But it's not their fault because I've introduced myself that way. Yeah. So but it's when conundrum. it's full name, yeah. Bridget Duclos. Yeah. But then you're like, but Bridge. Yeah. 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 But then they You get, can drop the J- Duclos. I reckon the idea, if you ever have to name someone, you give them a name that no one can change. So mm. Tom's a great name. Because it's Tom. There's not much you can do with it. Tommy's as, you know, that's as yeah. far as it goes. Tomahawk, I suppose you can Tom-o. find ways. Tomo, yeah. yeah. But I reckon that's the secret. So that's why my name's caused me grief for some years. Uh, I, that's who I am. Yes. You're, you're definitely bridge. <laughs> you're bridge to me though. Like, and you've always been bridge. Uh, now I ask people on this podcast whether they have a philosophy and yeah. I'm very interested in what you're going to say to this because sometimes when I have someone on this podcast, I have known them for a long time and I know them very well mm. and I could probably take a bit of a stab or a guess at what they're going to say. Or there's somebody that I don't really know at all, but I know their work and I've got a bit of a predetermined idea of how their work will inform what it is that they're going to say. Yes. I'm not always correct. Yeah. But How I, often are you correct, do you reckon? Uh, I reckon a lot of the time. Okay. A lot of the time I'm at least very much in the ballpark. I'm yeah. really surprised. Yeah. But you come to this a little bit of a blank slate for me yeah. in that I've known you for a very long time. Well, I've interviewed you on the radio many times when you've had shows or whatever. That's probably been... and You've interviewed me. I've interviewed you (laughs) in reverse. (laughs) And we've made a lot of, you know, friendly small chat. And not a little more than small chat, but... But yes. I'm not on the comedy circuit, so I haven't spent no. comedy nights with you, you know, getting blind after shows, sadly. No. Um, so, yeah. Open um, invitation, though, if you, <laughs> thank you. If you want to come along. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to get back on the grog, then I'll be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we have. Well, you're right. We've met a lot of times and always had a good laugh and a, a nice chat, but yeah. we don't really Always gone on very well, but we don't know each other that yeah. well. So this is a... I'm very much looking forward to having this conversation because it's a good opportunity for us to get to know each other a bit better. But I'm also a bit fascinated by what you're going to say when I ask you whether you have a philosophy or not. Yeah. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because as you get older, your philosophies change a little bit, I think. Um, And I reckon I do have a philosophy and I hope I do it. I hope I stick to my, you know, if you have an idea in life, how you want to be or want to live by, if you don't do that, it's very, very disappointing. So I like to think that I do totally stick to this. And I, what it is, is pretty much I've found 
you should never assume somebody hasn't got something really bloody interesting about them to offer. You know, you meet people and they just give give other people not the time of day because they're not of the right position or station. We meet a lot of those people in this mm-hmm. industry. Well, I have. Name names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't stand that. And I've decided even the people who you meet, who you think, oh, whatever, you know what, if you delve, there is something there. And the reason I came to this um, philosophy was years ago when I went to I had to go to Sydney every week to record um, a TV show and this driver picked me up. He was a taxi driver, but for some, I don't know how it even happened. Channel 10 must have booked it. Anyway, this same man. Anyway, his name was George. He was about, he must have been 65, 66. And he was the most terrifying looking man I have ever set eyes on. If I'd found out he was Ivan Malat, I wouldn't have been surprised. He looked like a serial killer. He was missing teeth. He, he was a scary looking unit. And so the first few times I got in his car, I just sort of, I just decided I'll sit in the back and, you know, you know, not talk to him. Anyway, as time went on, because he picked me up, he dropped me, sorry, picked me up, took me to the airport, then get me the other end when I came back. We became the best of friends and he was the most interesting, fascinating, beautifully kind human being I've ever met. So much so that he let me drive his taxi home on our last time together. (laughs) Which is not really sealed the deal, I'll be honest. (laughs) And I mean, driving taxi is quite fun if you've never done it. It's not quite a police car, but it's still, you know, a taxi. No, it's still pretty fun. Before Uber came around, they were those days. And I I just realised, you know, I could have sat there for this whole year and you know, with my opinion I'd made on him because of the way he looked. And he wasn't terribly friendly either, by the way. And I realised this man just offered such insight and such – I just loved him. I absolutely loved him. So I decided from that day on, and I hope I've stuck to this as much as I can, just never assume that people haven't got something interesting or, or some story that is so bloody worth knowing. It is a hard one to constantly do, right? To give everybody the time that they deserve. And it it is one of those things that I, you know, I've I've said before on this podcast that I often think that, uh, you know, busyness is the enemy of kindness. You know, the more frantic you are to get from one place to the other, I certainly notice in my life, like if I have the time, I take the time. But But in those moments when you don't have the time, that's when you're more, more likely to to not engage or Absolutely. not Absolutely. And I'm somebody. not saying you have to engage with it. You can't. You can't possibly engage with every person you meet, whether you're busy or not. You just actually can't. But it's just a simple not assuming anything. And I think I don't like people being treated in a way that they sh- – when you know nothing about them and they – you know what I mean? Don't assume that this person here isn't well and truly worthy. I'm not saying you've got necessarily got time to go in there and delve. I'm nosy as all get out, so I like to know everything about it. I go to a restaurant. And I look at every table and I try and work out why they're, <laughs> why they're together, whether, whether they're old friends, whether it's a, a gay relationship, whether it's a mother's son, whether it's I, – and quite frankly, would happily sit down and find out. Mm. Yeah, and you'd be happy if you could go and ask them afterwards, couldn't I you? I would absolutely love to. You could to. sit there at the restaurant and then if it was appropriate to go up to the table and go, look, I've been speculating <laughs> on, on how this happened. Yes. Yes. Could you please? Yes. In fact, if we could come up with an app bridge oh, where you could just point uh, it at a table and it would come up and explain the nature of their relationship, it's wouldn't that be It's a Black Mirror fun? episode, isn't it? Yes. It's a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> it is. I can feel it. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's – and so look, I, I just think it's so easy just to – people. 
and I think there's so much more to it. And I remember when, even when, you know, the kids were young, I'd say to my husband at the time, oh, we've been invited out with these kinder parents. And he'd go, I don't want to go. Mm. We don't know them. And I, I remember I made him go once, and these people turned out to be the most fascinating people, but not on the surface. You wouldn't have known. Anyway, it's just my thing. Don't assume that there's not something there. And I'm not saying I'm Miss Lovely and I go, hello to everybody, and, but I just think don't bloody well write people off. Uh, okay, so you seem to me to be a person who is unimpressed by uh, highly un- unearned kind of self-aggrandisation or this idea that there's this class structure in society that some people are better than other people or more interested than other people. I can't stand people who treat people differently depending on who they are. Mm. I can't stand it. And I've... I've... I feel like this is something that we both share Yeah, I think so. And often you, you know, because of the nature of our work and whatever, in the entertainment industry, but in the business industry, these sort of things, there are those people. Oh my God. And I've seen it and seen it. And I, I, I find it so, because I always say to my kids, um, I've got this rule that if someone knocks on the door, (laughs) you get off your computer and you go and you say, hello. I said, I don't care if it's the queen or it's the paper boy. Mm. And my daughter said, what if it's an ant? <laughs> I mean, to which I said, "Okay, don't worry about the ant." But everybody else, you well, get off your computer. I've got to be honest with you: if an ant can knock on your door, <laughs> probably worth a call to the local authorities <laughs> to see if that's a that's an issue that we should be worried about. Well, they're very strong ants. Haven't yeah. you seen that movie? I mean, I love the three examples that you've gone with: the postman, <laughs> the who might, or the queen, or an ant. But uh, you know that whole oh, I'd behave differently for the Queen of England. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care if it's the Queen of England, yeah. even if you're a Republican. Uh, but if you're a royalist, I don't care if it's there. I don't care if it's some kid who's delivering a bloody pamphlet, you treat them the same way. And I, and I'm not, as I said, I'm not trying to say, aren't I the nicest person in the world? Cause I'm not, but I just reckon there's too many people that don't do that. And I, I've been treated badly by people and I've just thought to myself, what the, who, you know, and I don't deserve to be treated better than anyone else, but who, who's got the right to do that? I, I even, and look, it, it's certainly one of those things where if ever somebody has thought that I've been behaving like that, yeah. I've noticed it's a thing that I feel really bad about. Yeah. Like yeah. there are many things you could say about me and yeah. that people will say but about me, but that is why. And so if someone, if something that I've done, mm. you know, if I've been having a terrible day or whatever, and somebody else yeah, encountered me happen. in that, of course it can. Yeah. And you can, for very legitimate reasons, not be able to give somebody the time of day or whatever. You know, of course. Um, in the same way as we've got to extend to other people the idea that they could be going through something, they've also got to extend back to us exactly. that sometimes we're going through something as well. And I'll give but, them that once. <laughs> but I <laughs> but not yeah, exactly, right? Not again and again. And again. Anyone can be having a bad day, but yep. if they, they're having a bad day every time you run into them, maybe they're not having a bad Absolutely. day. Maybe they're a bad bloke. Maybe they're just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's how, that's right. And, you know, and look, maybe it's taken me till I've got a bit older to sort of realise that. But that, if there was any philosophy in life, I mean, I'm sure it's not as interesting a philosophy as any, but I just reckon there's just so much you can learn. And, and, and I love, as I said, I am very nosy, Mm. incredibly nosy. Where does that come from? My mother. Okay. (laughs) She, look, my mum is um, interested in everything and everyone too. And I, I I travelled around Africa with a girlfriend of mine and 
I wanted to know every single, every, everything about every, every, not, not history, not interesting stuff, just about people or the people we were traveling with. She could not have given a stuff about where one of these people came from or why they were on this trip or it was, I mean, we're really great friends, but our philosophies are so different. It doesn't make me better than her. She's probably more interesting than me was actually interested about the history of why this particular thing had happened Mm. in this country. You were like, well, that's old news. (laughs) Everyone knows that. Yeah. Just read Google. I that. want to know if that yeah. guy's written that yeah. woman. That's what I want to know. And when did they start writing? Yeah. Was, it, was it before they got on the bus? <laughs> or was it, you know? And I, I want to know. I want to know, if it's going to, yeah. I want to know everything. Yeah. I don't want to know about ancient history. I want to know about their uh, history. Anyone can know yeah. history. Exactly. But knowing what, why that person. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fascination in life. It really is. How do you find that people react to that because there are some people who probably are, yeah. are delighted by it that you're interested in their life and there's probably some people who are yeah. not so delighted you've got to be it. really careful don't you because i remember i'll never forget meeting a, a, a new friend from, and um i asked her about 20 questions in five minutes she said what are you a cop <laughs> <laughs> and we got off to a bad start she's a very good friend of mine now now i've sort of like you know um not not so many questions but i I tend to ask questions too because I don't like um, I don't like the attention on myself. So it's very I like to deflect. So that that was what I was going to ask next, to be honest, which is that idea of do you think that the asking of questions is a defence mechanism for the yeah not being asked questions yourself? Um, yeah, I think to a certain extent, it's like I go and see a um, a, a counsellor, and um, I get quite uneasy because. <laughs> I've got to do all the talking. And I said, oh, it's all about me. And he's going, yeah, that's yeah. Sort of what counselling is. And I'm like, but, well, can you just tell me something? Because yeah. then I'll feel. Tell me something about you. Just tell me something. And you know, they don't like to. No. Because they like to, you know, keep their distance. But um, it, it's interesting. I find it, I feel very uneasy in that hour when I blurt blah, 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 about myself. I just, it just doesn't sit naturally. With me, and why? Honest. Why do you think that is? Where, why? Because you are someone who's made a career out of being able to share, you know, stories about your life and share things that you do and your opinions and these sort of things. Like that's been part of how you've made your living. So you're obviously very capable of doing it in a professional way. Yeah, but I always do it with someone. Right. You won't ever find me on my own. Um, put it this way, AM radio is not calling for me and I'm not calling for it. I always do it in a conversational way. So I was more than happy to tell stories, and I did for years on the radio, because um, that didn't feel like – they were always stories that other people could relate to and they'd come back with something. So that's okay. That makes it legitimate. <laughs> I don't know what it is and why I feel uneasy with it, but I – I mean, some people love to talk about themselves endlessly. I mean, we've all met them too. Mm. and. I've got this three question rule too. That's my other thing. Where, okay, um, what's this? <laughs> so I go to a, if I go to a dinner or something. Yes, and I meet some, I sit next to someone I don't know. Mm. I don't do the cop thing. I've learned to pull mm. back a bit. But mm. um, <laughs> if I ask <laughs> if I ask three questions, yeah. like oh, what do you do? Or you know, oh, um, you know, uh, where do you live? I don't know, whatever. And if I ask three questions, and they I mean, don't... you are sounding like a cop now. <laughs> I can see why people think you're a cop. Where do you live? What's your address? And do you have any and drugs? And have you got a criminal record? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And do you have any drugs on you? Yeah. And so hand cop? them over. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I do the whole cop routine. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I usually tell them I've got a son called Charlie up early. <laughs> See how they react. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, my son. <laughs> Wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Charlie's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if that, so I ask three questions. If they don't ask something back, and I don't care what it bloody is, it can be, okay. oh, how do you know these people, or why are you here? Anything, well, little. 
if they don't ask something back, I now, in the old days I would have kept, you know, beating my head against a brick wall. Now I will just literally burn them. Yeah. <laughs> because I fear, I don't understand how, how people could be so uninterested, not in me, but in learning about the person next to them. Like how many times can you talk about yourself and how wonderful you are and, all, and I do this and I do that and, and not want to know what that person, I just don't get it. I must admit it's such a um, uh, it's it's such an interesting one, isn't it? When you realise that it's not your full responsibility to yeah. continue that. Like I mean, you know, like you said, as you get older, ask, you get ask at the that. three questions, yeah, and then if they don't engage back, you can just go. Fine, I'll go and so- talk to somebody yeah. else. So then I go to the person yeah. on the left, ask them three questions. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they don't answer back, yeah. that's when it's time it to go. Like, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> I've got another question. Can I change seats? Because I seem to be surrounded by self-important, <laughs> self-involved narcissists. And when I've done the whole table, yeah. huh? I go, okay, I've got to go. And it's not even on track. You know what? Yeah, I'm at the wrong dinner party. Yeah. I'm going to go but, somewhere uh, else. You know, in the old days, I would have kept, uh, you know, and now I just think, you know what? If you just are so bloody uninterested, if you're so interested, I mean, look, some people talk about themselves the same way that I don't because it's a, it's also a defense mechanism, yes. don't you think? Some people talk about themselves because it's a, a way of deflecting something as well. It's sort of the opposite of what. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like the, also not all conversations are equal, no. you know, like no. often people find that right balance where mm. somebody is curious about something yeah. that somebody's done and, you know, they, they're going to ask about that. That's. Yeah. Absolutely fine. But oh, that's fine. Yeah. Like these rules, my three question rules, yeah. not quite that strict, but yeah, no, exactly. You're right. Uh, so uh, I'll give you a little example from my life. I promised myself I would not become this person, but I have 100% become oh. this person, which is that um, I've done th- something mm. and now I can't stop telling people how much it's revolutionized my life. Well, but, that's Okay. So that's like, I discovered this, everyone must know about it. Sort yes. of thing. Yeah. What is it? And well, I promised myself when I did it, I said, I'm not going to yeah, become not gonna evangelical about yes. it. I'm not going to become one of these yes. people going, you've got to do this, <laughs> this is going to change your life, but I've become it. <laughs> what is it? And so at least I acknowledge <laughs> that I've become it. Yes. And I'm saying this at the start, I've taken Twitter and Facebook off my phone. <gasps> it has changed my life. That is and a the, massive thing for you, isn't it? Yes. That's a massive thing. And the reason that I bring this up mm. is because one of the flow-on effects of it mm. has been that I've been engaging in more of these conversations with people. Okay. Now, why and why do you want to share that information with people? Because you want them to benefit from the same. Is that why? Because yes. you'd love them to feel what you're I feeling. Feel, I feel like my brain yeah. has changed back to yeah. normal. Wow. I feel like I am so much more engaged in the world. Yep. Um, the next step is I'm going to try to start taking my headphones off more regularly. Uh, like, cause I am a bandit for putting in my headphones, listen to a podcast, be in my own world. So but, you listen to something, do you have something in your ear all the time? A lot of the time. So, and yeah. and I do that too. And that's bad because oh, I agree. Cause you've got to sometimes actually just think. You yeah. actually just got to sometimes be alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. You've got to be able to think. Yeah. You've got to be able to process. But I also, carry an iPad around the house watching Netflix. Yeah. I mean, that, you know. No, but I'm like that as well. Bad. But also out in the world. Mm, you know, that mm, thing where you're like, mm. if you've got your headphones in, yeah. you suddenly are in your own world. You're not part of the yeah. community of everybody yeah. doing something together. Totally. Now, that Twitter, Facebook thing's interesting. I don't do a lot of social media. Mm. Um, but I, when, some, when you do something that you feel so good about, you do want to share it. Like... I'm going to do it. I'm, and I said the same about this, but I've started yoga. Now I hate people that talk about breathing and mindfulness. They give me the shit. So I said, I'm not going to be one of these boring yogary people, 
But I have loved it so much that I actually want my – I say to my friends, I just want you to try. And I, But I don't want to be that person either. Well, you are. But I know. <laughs> I know. But you want them – but you want them just to – you want them to have the yeah. same feeling that you have. This has been good for me. I want to share I it with know, you. I know, and that's all it is. But I do, do you, I don't, I've got a friend who pushes things into you. Like she just never stops. And that that's annoying. Just never stops telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you what she's doing at, at the time. What is I'm it? not you, that bad. No, no but, but you, you, you clearly, <laughs> clearly the yoga thing. The downward dog. Is you certainly, thing. there was a few weeks in a row where you would just would not take a no. Yeah, right. An I, and I did, come, I, okay, and I did were, come in in my gym gear a lot yeah, when I came on. And you were also, show. you were looking up instructors and showing me photos <laughs> of them and going, this is the person you need to go and she see. She was good looking. I thought it might get you there. No, no, she was super good looking. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Did not get me there, but I agree. She was super good looking. I'll try anything. Um, what? What is it about going to yoga? Because I am genuinely interested. Like, what is it about it that you, you know. feel so passionate I about? I don't know. I cannot tell you. I hated its guts. And then I started going. And now I can't. And everyone goes, what is it? And I come out of it and I can't even put my finger on what it is. All I know is I feel bloody fantastic. It, and it's not necessarily physical or mental. It's a mixture of the whole bit. I don't know if it's an endorphin thing or what it is. But there's something about it which is just ticking every box with me. And I can't actually tell you what it is. Okay. It's not like, it's not like a drug where you go, Ooh, it's not that. It's, it's, it's almost like a, maybe a Valium, a, a nice calming sort of, yeah. it's a calming sort of thing. And I, I just can't put my finger on it and I don't want to bore people to tears. With it, but isn't it funny that when you hate something for so long, hate, 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 then at 54, you bloody start doing something new and it works. And you love it. Uh, how, that idea of doing something new, mm. you know, like, because we can become so set in our ways. Mm. And I've noticed it myself, like that idea that you suddenly just go, well, this is who I am and, and I this is that, what so I'm, I'm like. Do it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. To, talk to me about that process, the process of going, I'm going to do new things. Well, I had to do new things sort of, um, I, well, basically I sort of found that I had to do new things a couple of years ago because I'd worked in radio for 30 years. Yeah. And it never actually crossed my mind that it would end, which is so dumb. Um, and then I got sacked sort of uh, towards the end of, I can't remember when it was, three years ago, I think. It was on gold and I got sacked. And I got sacked and I got sacked after they'd given me a contract and just hadn't signed it. So I got sacked in December too where all the jostling's been, you know, all the movement's been. So there was nowhere to go. There was no, but the worst thing about it was I it had never crossed my mind and that's not because I thought I was – good or anything. It just, it just had kept going and going and going. So when I got sacked, I was like, oh shit, I haven't got a backup plan. I do not have plan B because I've never thought about it. So suddenly I realized I had to start thinking about doing different things because mm. that thing I'd done forever. I mean, my kids didn't know me as anything, but that person on the radio, that's what I'd always done. And you don't want to be identified by something, but you are a bit. Well, if you do something for 30 years, there's, of it's course you are. That's all I've ever done. It's not all I've ever done. It's all I feel like I've ever done. So, yeah, so that's when the whole having to try new things started. So, um, can, I mean, if it's something that you're comfortable talking about, can you take me back to like that, like, you know, you've touched on it there, that idea of, you know, you do something for a while. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're young when you start doing this thing yeah. where you don't, of course you don't think of it. You go, oh, well, I could probably do other things. I could do this. I can I do whatever. Ever, I never even thought that. <laughs> and then you keep doing it. I just kept doing this and one And then you thing. keep doing it. And yeah. then you do it for this long. And then suddenly out of the blue, oh. it stops. 
Was that like a, a massive deal in your terrible. life? It was terrible. It was terrible. It was so terrible because, I mean, I think we've all been sacked at one stage on radio or mm. TV. It's just the nature mm. of the business. I have from this very building well, that we're in today. Well, you got sacked. <laughs> but I'm back. Did you get sacked with Lemo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, so, well, not renewed, which is, we all know is the same okay. thing as being sacked, basically. Well, mine's worse yeah. because <laughs> cause I was with Lemo yeah. too. Maybe it's him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, blame, let's blame the consistent. I'd say it's, 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 it's Lemo's fault. Yeah. But what was bad about it was he didn't get sacked. Yeah. So Bridge and Lima was our show, yeah. that's what it's called. We'd both been offered contracts yeah. in December 5 or something. We do a show. We do our production meeting, you know, afterwards we sit around and talk about what we'll talk about tomorrow. And then I get called in to um, the boss's office and the law- a lawyer's sitting there. I'm like, hello, how are you? I haven't seen you for ages. Yeah. <sighs> Next thing I know, um, well, it's uh, sorry, but we want you to finish up. Um, today I said, what? But I said, but you've given me a contract and I just was waiting for my manager to f- come in from England and so I could sign, just check, you know, and they said, well, things have changed. I said, what's changed? Oh, just, we've done some research. I said, what research? Oh, just, it's not, you know, it's just, we don't think you're right anymore. So it was me, not Lemo. Like to get sacked as a, as a team yeah. is something bad, but to get one of you is it was bloody, I've, it threw me like I've never been thrown. I just, I, I literally walked out of that building. I wasn't allowed to say goodbye to, you know, to anyone, to listeners. It's so like it was I'd one of those. Bad. It was, it yeah. was the, it was the kind of, cause you hear about this all the time in radio. I don't understand it in any way. It's one of the most ridiculous oh. things about this industry, which is the whole, you know, pack up your box. We're going to walk you out of the building. Thanks for your service or, you know, whatever. It was literally that. Well, I went home, oh. I got in my car. And I, I, I've never been blindsided so, so badly in all my life. Like I, I, and I'm not doing the poor me thing in any way. I just actually, I've never in my life felt a, a lot. It was just terrible. And well, cause it must be, cause like sometimes with these things, like you said, if it's the team, yeah. well, the, t- the show's over or the, the show, show was, over. we know the show wasn't going well. Yeah. You know, like when, yeah. uh, when Lemo and I were doing our radio show, we were up against this tiny little uh, upstart show called Hamish and Andy. Yeah. We read, we read the ratings. We understood that, exactly. you know, like there was going to be, we get to the end of the year and there'd be a chance that they weren't going to yeah. bring us back. They, they were good enough with our show that they gave us the six weeks notice or whatever. That, yeah. So they gave us that Which opportunity to say goodbye, you know, and that. That's fine. You can we deal all with understand that. how that works. It's still hard, but yeah, you can deal with it. You can deal with it. Yeah. And you've got time to prepare your life yeah. for it. Yeah. And you've got time to talk to your friends and your family and all those things about, hey, I'm going to finish up this at the end of the mm. year and, and maybe even have the opportunity to have something else in place mm. by the time that it finishes. Uh, but this is not that. This is not that. And it was December, early December. And I, oh, I, I, so I went home. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. I went home and I got into bed. I drank vodka because I didn't know what else to do. That, I did that not know. Seems like a good choice. What else to do? I know that sounds stupid, but I just sat there. I, I was absolutely, I didn't, I've never in my life. So the next day, Lemo got on air and had to say, well, Bridge is gone. And, you know, which I never listened to because I don't think I could ever, ever no. get my head around it. And then apparently there were lots of lovely, beautiful messages on Facebook. Mm. So they shut Facebook down, however you do that. <laughs> Like they, you know, they, <laughs> what we won't be having is any of this audience being able to express. <laughs> I know we've invested all these years into getting the audience to have this beautiful mm. relationship with this presenter, and all they want to do is actually mm. mourn their, yeah, you know, no, the fact that they're not there. Well, shut it down. Yeah. So, no, yeah. 
So, so it doesn't reflect badly on us. <laughs> radio. Oh, oh radio. God. What a lovely, lovely and world look, it is. But I mean, dumb, 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 because I've seen it. I'd seen people be sacked. So it's not yeah. like I didn't know it existed, but I just, what, what worried me the most was that I had never thought, I had two kids at bloody private school. Right. You know, I hadn't thought, I'd never thought it through. Yeah, it's where's bad. my plan B? Where's plan B? And it was Christmas. And usually over Christmas holidays was great because I was always going back to a job. And, you know, you get paid over Christmas because mm. that's how, how contract works. Suddenly I was, yeah, it was, a, it was terrible. And I'll, I, and I'll be honest with you, it, it, it started a really bad couple of years for me. Like we just, and I thought, oh, all I could think was I've got away with having a pretty good go until I was 50. And now I feel like everything's tumbling in and nothing's, nothing's working anymore. So it, that's how it felt. Yeah, did um, it feel like, because in those moments, you know, and I can't say that I've had anything that compares to that, but I've certainly had moments of setback in my life yeah. and my, or moments where, you know, you're in the middle of something where it feels like it's all over. Oh. And uh, is that what it felt like? I, 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 I was just devastated. I was devastated and I, I felt um, really worried about, because I just, about the kids and how I was going to, mm. you know, not that they bloody cared, but just I wanted everything to stay the same for them. I didn't want to have to you know, pull them out of school or, you know, things like that. Um, but look, I I think the good thing, that, like everything, something good comes out of it, it was the support I got from, you know, I mean, <laughs> people were fantastic. And that's when things had to change. So this is where the new yes. thing had to come. Suddenly I found myself um, working as a producer. On, on the footy show. So I'd never done, been on that side before. So, you know, that's interesting to have had to do that. And then I found myself hosting Collingwood Functions and then I found myself um, writing an article. So things I hadn't really investigated, um, you know, but I didn't like it. I didn't like having to try so hard. I, I found it... <laughs> Is that terrible? I know. No, <laughs> but, I think that's incredibly honest. Oh, I didn't like what like you're it. saying is something that so many people think, but nobody would actually <laughs> say out loud. Well, I mean, I didn't really know how to do it, how to organise. Okay, so this week I write that in mm. and this in, and I was just used to turning up to work right. and getting a paycheck at the end. I didn't like it. I didn't like the new way. I mean, all. particularly radio is like such a, the way that it's structured yeah. is the people who are getting paid the worst are, are doing all the hard work <laughs> for the so people who true. are getting paid the best to swan in and do what they need so to do. So true, so true. So did it give you a perspective on that totally. that you perhaps hadn't had before? A great perspective. And I thought to myself, every bloody presenter should always have to work on the other side first and so they get some understanding and appreciation of what goes on to make you what, <laughs> look you, good with what you do. You know when they come to the uh, the Melbourne Storm, uh, when players go to the Melbourne Storm, yeah. Craig Bellamy, the coach of the Melbourne Storm, yeah. everybody, every single person who's recruited the Melbourne Storm, I think has to do, I can't remember how many weeks, I think it might be a fortnight maybe, but has to do two weeks of uh, like paid manual wow. labour. Wow. Has to go out and like, you know, help you know, work as a landscaper or like, you know, builder or whatever, mm. whatever it is, but has to go and work in the real world. Did, did um, uh, Craig, who am I talking Cameron Smith mm. do that? Yeah. Oh, well. Play, I, are we talking about players? Yeah, but players. So, but it doesn't matter if you're a big recruit. Yeah. So I don't Billy know how Slater. long it's been around for. Billy I don't Slater. know if it's like, those guys <laughs> were around a long time. But, isn't but it, so, so. The, if you are a new recruit, even yeah. if you play for other teams, whatever, yeah. you still have to go and do that. Do you know what? There is that's such life a lot in the of real world. There's such a lot of merit in it. And, I, and you don't realise until you um, start working on the other side that, yeah. And, and it, it was really good for me, actually. Yeah. Really a much better understanding and everything. However, I don't like it. Yeah. I've got to be perfectly honest with you. Because I, I've got this chip on my shoulder 
um, which I've had for a long time, is that um, I fell into radio and I just happened to something I could do and I loved it. But I don't think, I worry that I never, like I didn't do what you did. You made yourself a comedian. You know what I mean? You you worked so hard to become what you are. And I've worked hard, don't get me wrong, but I don't feel, I worry that I didn't, I worry that I didn't, don't know how to work hard. Not work hard, I don't know how to do things myself. Is that the right way of putting it? I As understand in, what you mean. Like radio was, I found easy because I just loved it. It was just, you know, sometimes you just fall into something that is, I was going to be a PE teacher with a whistle around my neck and a short white skirt. That's all I ever wanted to be. So to end up in radio, it just happened. And then, so when it went, I was like, bloody hell. Now I've got to, I've got to know how to want things and, and I've got to learn how to want something and make it happen. And I still haven't done that yet, probably. Uh, I have a, like one of the great things that I love about stand-up is that it, it, if, you know, if it is to be, it's up to me. You know, the idea that like. No one else. It, it relies on me and there's no one else yeah. really to blame, yep. but also no one else can take it away no. from me. Someone can't true. come in one day and say, and sack you. That's you're sacked. Right. Yes. You're sacked from comedy. Yes. The gig was so bad last night. All of all of audiences all around the world have all got together. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't that matter. so true. You know, it, 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 it's up I, to you. It's, it's totally up to, me. up to you. And that's always been a great comfort to me and it's why I've always not trusted so much yeah. the world of radio or the yeah. world of TV, why I've never wanted to become one of those people who gave up stand up yeah. for those things. Yes, which is a lot partly, of people do. Because some people go, oh, don't you like the security of a regular yeah. radio job? I said, to me, that's not security. Yeah. Because then you're worried about the fact that, oh, the rating's good. Yeah, they'll sack us. Whereas yeah, to that, me, it was security for yeah. so long that when it didn't, then I realized it wasn't security, but I didn't know how to do what, to do the thing where I'm, it, if it's up, if it's going to be, it's up to me thing. And I still don't quite know how to do that. So how did that process start? Like what, when did they talk me through? Yeah. We talked about how it was bad. But talk to me about how you started to go, all right, now I'm going to start to rebuild it. Well, and I, I've get... tried. Yeah. I, so I started doing lots of different things and I earned enough money to get through the year and get, you know, do what I needed to do. But then something, one of those dried up and, and then I found that I wasn't enjoying another element of it. And I do my spots on radio. I've always done a bit of radio along the way. Um, so... I haven't managed to turn it around. I haven't managed still three years later to actually work out how to <laughs> be in control. So this is what I'm doing this year is having uh, what I'm calling a gap year, but it is actually a year to work out how to, and perhaps I should have done that two years ago, but at first I just start, I tried to just keep things going, just yeah. keep things going, keep things going, keep things going, get money in, keep things going. And now what I've decided to do is no, that didn't work. So what I've cleaned the completely clean the slate. I do one radio thing a week, which I absolutely love. And look, I'll be honest with you, if someone offered me a job to my own radio, I would bloody well jump at it. But that's not going to happen, I don't think. So what I'm doing this year in between yoga is trying to work out the next step because I figure I've got another 10, 15 years of work ahead of me. Um, kids will be finished school, so I haven't got that pressure, but, you know, still got, got to live. And so I'm throwing up balls are all up in the air working out what's next what is it that you love i love radio but what is it i love to i love well i i love knowing i yeah, love interviewing so I love yes chatting. so this is it so i guess that's the next bit i'm uh, i'm asking is we know that you love radio mm, okay, but now, i told you that yeah, yeah mm. uh, but now pick it apart what is it about the radio that you love. I like the I like the naturalness of it. I like like I did TV first, and I'm one of the few that went TV radio 
a lot of people try to do it the other way around. But to me, why would you do TV when you're so reliant on all that stuff, oh. camera, makeup, the when radio is completely just bang, and it's always been off the cuff for me. I've never written anything or planned anything. It's just the way I do it, which is probably part of my problem, that I don't know how to plan and, and write because I'm so busy just doing things off the cuff. It's just one thing I can do. I don't know why, but I can do it. And I, I don't can't do a lot, as I've told you, but I can do that. And that's a thing that radio needs. You've got a lot of time every day well, that you need to – like, uh, I mean, often what you'd find with – Comedian, like in the old days, less so these days, but although there'd still be examples of it, but in the old days, there might be a comedian who had a good hour of material, right? Yeah. And somebody from a radio station would be like, let's put that person on the radio, <laughs> yeah. and they'd be fine for about the first month <laughs> like, until they next? ran out of their material. <laughs> and then they'd be like, well, I don't, don't yeah. really have anything I else. I know, that's so true. That's so true. But for some reason, just talking. So, so okay, so if you break it down, um, what do you do if you don't do radio? Okay, so, and I could. I tried stand up years ago as a as a radio stunt, uh-huh. and I did it with Tom Gleason and Fiona O'Loughlin. So you know, just two shit comedians yeah, it's next a, to me. Terrible, terrible comedians. I mean, really. But I, it was the worst experience of my entire life. I see. I don't like planned funniness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of a lot of stand up could be best described as planned funniness. It's planned funny. Yeah. I love listening yeah. to planned funniness, yeah. but I don't. I can't present no. planned funniness. <laughs> I can't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, our next act has some <laughs> planned funniness for you t- this evening. <laughs> is that a good name for a show? Planned funniness. Planned funniness. <laughs> it's such a great description of what it is. But, but, and I, uh, oh, and you comedians with your planned your plan funniness. Funny, but it's clever. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's such clever you planned funniness. You probably thought this through. You've got a premise. Do you see that, how jealous I am of that? Well, I can't do that. I can't do planned funniness. Now, if I talk on the radio and it happens to be funny, yeah. it's a bloody bonus. But I can't do planned funniness. And whenever I've tried to do planned funniness, it has not been funny. <laughs> so I, in uh, uh, such admiration of, of stand-up comics, I, I actually don't know how you do planned funniness. Um, so... I don't know how to do that. So that's a talking thing which you'd think could have been a good thing that might work for me. No. Um, so do you, see where, do you see where I'm at? Yeah. What do you love to talk about? Like if – not just, just normal not, not just on radio, but like if we are – like if we're not being recorded in this conversation yep. and, you, you know, and we end up just having a conversation, what is the topic that – you know, it's late at night at a party and we're in the corner of the room and we've started talking about something. What is m- most likely the areas that those conversations are well, going to be Well, I would about? like to know. Okay, just say it's you and it's a dark bar. Doesn't have to be dark; it'd be light. But I look better in the dark. But also, I think conversations are better um, in the dark. <laughs> something about the dark that and you're a bit like, of smoke. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to find that these yeah. days. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. If this was, if that happened with you and I, I would want to know. I would want to know you. Find out about you. I'm. But what does I, that mean? Well, like, what when it you means say, is I I'd, I'd like you. to know. I, I know a bit from what yeah. you talk about, but I know there's a lot more that I don't know, and I'd quite like to know what makes you tick. And what makes you, and how you've done what you've done, and 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 about your relationship, and about your your dogs, and about I'm actually interested in that. Now, may, no one else might mm. be interested in that, but I would be interested in that. But that not isn't necessarily something I can turn into a career. Do you know what I mean? Like you look at all I've ever done is talk to people, mm. talk talk back and forth. So I. I don't know what I don't. <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I don't know how to turn that round into something else. That, that's the honest truth. Got any ideas? 
I mean, I've got a lot of ideas. Not planned funding, it's something other than that. No, the, I mean, the one thing that I'm never <laughs> short of is ideas about what other people should be doing with their life. Oh, great. Oh, it's my specialist topic, okay, Bridget. Come on. I love to sit people down and Bring tell them on. what they should be, the 100 things I think they should be doing with their life. But that what they can do, not what they should be. What, what they, now you've heard my sad story. What can I do? Oh, no, no, no. I've got some. I, I, well, we haven't got I time mean, probably now, but tell me, can you write it well, down? Well, I don't, don't want to say it out Don't loud here Twitter. either so that people, you know, oh, like yeah. exactly, you know. All right, I mean, can we do it later then? <laughs> well, I just, I just think you're such a incredibly engaged and fasc- fascinating conversationalist that I absolutely agree. This is, this is your sweet spot. This is what you were born to do. I can't do you anything You put else. a microphone in front of you and, it, you know, you come alive and it makes sense and you connect with people. Okay, so can I give you one suggestion yes. to see what you think of this now that you're counselling me? Because this is one thing I have seriously thought about is doing, going back to uni and becoming a counsellor. And the reason I think that mm. is because, is because um, one, I think no one goes to a counsellor who's 21. <laughs> you need, they need to have life experience. No, my, my counsellor is in her, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but is she one of those? You can't tell. Plus 65. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know why and she's could good? And be, could be, there could be a couple of extra pluses on there. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate, <laughs> but I would say confidently yeah. plus 65. Yeah. And the reason she works for you is because she's had life experience. Yeah. So to me, one of the few careers you can take on at this age is something like that. Mm. And because I've got this terrible nosiness, mm. um, I'm wondering whether it could be a good thing for me to do. The only problem is I can't separate. I'd take them home with yes. me. Yes. Well, that's I think that's problem. part of the problem anyway. I think that you, that's why mm. you go to uni. You don't go to, you, you know, you go to uni to learn how to deal with yes. not taking it home. Not taking it home. Because I asked a man for Christmas, just this last Christmas. <laughs> I met this man. And he was 65 or older and he had a mental illness and he had nowhere to go for Christmas. So I invited him for Christmas and <laughs> I went, because I just thought, how can I, no, he can't not have somewhere to go for Christmas. I was mm. so upset. He was a lovely man, but he had a um, very bad panic attacks and yeah. quite um, verbal, loud. Um, anyway, right. when I told my counsellor about it, he said, you know nothing mm. about this person. You cannot take him home. Yeah. To Christmas, you have to uninvite him, and I'm like, <laughs> so, so he's pointed out to me that he doesn't perhaps think counselling is something. See what yeah. I'm saying? So, no, you, yeah, you, I've hit a brick wall with that. Yes, the, the, your desire to help people would uh, overgo professional bounds. But maybe I'll You'd be like, you know, you, you, you should split up with your wife. You should, oh, I've got a couch. You can come and sleep at my place for a while. I know you've got money problems. In fact, you know what? I won't charge you for today. I know that you do. Yeah, I mean, this is an extra stress in your life. But look, you le- that must be what you learn at counselling school. Yeah. You must learn how to not take them home. Well, you learn how to be professionally yes, compassionate, professional. I imagine, rather than... Yeah, you have to. You I have often to find that, that you know, people who are comedians, not always this is the case, but often they were people who were funny in their real life, but they become less and less funny in their real life the more they are funny in their professional life because funny is now work yeah. and you're less likely to want to be on when you're in your real life, which can actually be to the detriment of your friends yeah, and family absolutely. who are just like, oh, you're boring now. You used to be good fun. Do you know comedians like that? I am a comedian like that. Oh, do you reckon? Oh, definitely do I you? am. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. Re- so do you reckon when you're just socialising normally with people, <sighs> your friends? I know when comedy so people socialise, it's funny. Cause it's yes. all funny joke going bang, bang, bang. But that's yeah. probably a little bit of competitive without meaning to energy as well. Yeah, a competitive energy, but also like, you know, comedy has that sense of, you know, from radio, feeds it's the off. same. It feeds off each yes. other. So there's an intent. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's an energy that it doesn't have to be about my line's going to be funnier than yours. It's about it's building just, it's momentum. A, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a game. A do, 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 yeah, do, exactly. Yeah. It's like ping pong, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, whereas, like, and my my partner um, is uh, she, she hates that. That's her least favorite form of. She's like, if I invited ever invited her to anything that was comedic, like as in with comedy yeah. people, she she would always say this. She goes, "Oh, will there <laughs> will there be riffing?" Well. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's exactly it. There will be, yes. Yeah. But, and it can be very inclusive, inclusive, exclusive. What is it when you leave someone out? Uh, yeah, exclusive. Exclu- it yeah. can make that, per- yes. if you're not in it, you can feel really, because yes. I've been with comedians in that situation and they're so bloody clear. Like, do, 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 do. I actually like it, but I can understand how. Um, hmm. So, but tell me, so you in a normal situation where you invite uncomedy people around. Uncommon people. I've got great English. People who are just friends. Who yeah. do you find that you're not funny anymore? Is that what you're telling yeah. me? Yeah. Or I have to intent. Like I would say, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm very quiet. Like I normally, because I think part of me is like I talk all the time. It's exhausting. And it's exhausting. exhausting. But also, yeah, I I, like the last thing that I want to be is the person who, um, like the thing that I hate about those situations as well is I hate the idea that people think that. I'm like that I don't get enough attention in my professional life, uh, but sometimes that can mean that you swing the complete yeah, opposite way, which is that you like, I can be too quiet. Like that's that, you you're worrying like, about what people think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's me worrying is, about that. Which is, uh, I know when, when do you get to, I, I, when do you get to the stage of life where you don't worry about what people think? Do you reckon? Well, the funny thing is you like, I get it. I, I'm, I'm willing to come, a, to, I'm willing to come across as being like, like almost like reserved or grumpy or too quiet yeah. rather than coming across as being some loud yeah, mouth I'd needs totally to be. Agree. Like, but, the, but to find the happy me would yeah. be, be nice. And sometimes that's me going, okay, no, no, no. It's appropriate here yeah, to yeah. be funny. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas I will often yeah. almost not be funny at all. Yeah. It's interesting, anyway. isn't it? I know exactly. I know when does mean. this go away? When, when do, we, do we ever stop? Worrying about what other people think? I don't know because I remember my dad when he had, he turned 80. Oh, no, he didn't. What am I talking about? He died when he was 74. It was 70, sorry. He turned 70 and we wanted to have a party because he wasn't well and we knew he wasn't going to. He was worried that everybody thought and he looked 80. He was worried. <laughs> he thought his daughters thought he looked too old. And, he, and we said, Dad, you know, and he had a wide group. Wide, he was one of those people that just had a wide sort of, and he said, I can't because I'll offend someone. And I thought, Jesus, at 70, I'd like to think at some stage of your life, you just say, I don't actually bloody care. I'm just going to have you, 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 and you, and you. And if you, you, and you get offended, you know, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I would not dare, you know, I'm too worried about offending people as well, except the people that next to me at the dinner party after the three questions. I don't care about that. Have you ever, because doing that much radio over the years, have you ever offended a group or a, like, have you ever been in trouble? Have oh, you ever don't. like got I've, somebody offside? T- I've done two very bad things. Oh, and can we talk about either of them? Mm, yep. Yeah, one, <laughs> one, <laughs> this is awful. Oh, it's awful. I can help. All right. So what In ha- 30 years, this, two bad things is not too bad. I, but, this, but they're, but they're, one's really mean and awful and I'm horrible. The other one, I'll, I'll tell you the not so bad one first, mm. <laughs> is I was at a restaurant and the waitress for some reason wanted to tell us how she was having an affair with a married man and how fabulous it was at all. And we just meet up in <laughs> hotels and we do this and we do that. The waitress. The waitress. <laughs> So me being me, nosy bloody Parker that I am, was like going, you know, getting every, getting everything out of her. I could milking her for every bit of information purely because I was interested. And then I remember, you know, saying to the girls, "Bloody hell, she's 
what a bitch, you know. <laughs> but the next day I came on radio and I told a story. I didn't, of course, name restaurant or waitress or anything else. I just said, I can't believe it. I was out last night and this girl was telling me she's having an affair with a married man and she she's proud of it. Anyway, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I went to the restaurant, not thinking about it ever again, a couple of weeks later, <laughs> and she took me apart. She said, who do you think you are? Who do you get off? We were having a private conversation. I said, but I didn't say who you were or where Also, we were. I don't know you yeah, and you're a waitress. And, and no one knows you. And, and <laughs> At the restaurant. Yeah. Not one of my close friends. I like, know, exactly. You're a stranger who shared a story with a stranger. I know. And How much expectation of... Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, I understand what you're saying. I but, feel bad. But no, well, because you're a nice person. Well, but there's no expectation of confidence. If I tell my doctor something, there's an expectation of confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a waitress at a restaurant <laughs> yeah, telling someone yeah. on the radio about your affair, yeah. I'm not sure that you've you know, walked into the Catholic confessional no, at that point. That's right. That is true. That is true. Well, so that was one, that, yes. and that worried me. But this is awful, this other one, and I'm ashamed of this. So I want to put that out. I don't even know how to say this without looking like a terrible person. Anyway. Mm. A friend of mine went on a date with oh, – I don't even know how to say this. I'll say it and then we can – Okay. He, she, she went on a date with a man who was missing fingers. Okay. So he had nubs. Yeah, all right. And okay, I grew up in a timber town, Hayfield. Um, oh, there were uh, lots of nubs there. A lot of nubs uh, because, you know, th- well, this is old school logging, you know, so people – cut fingers off by oh, mistake. So you were like, used yeah, to nubs. Yeah, no, it? it was a – in fact, uh, this I've heard since that this is quite a common nickname in footy circles, but – uh, there was a guy in the local town who played footy called Clock, and it was because he had one big hand and one little hand. <laughs> Apparently, that's quite a common. I've heard other people tell, but that is an absolutely true story about the Hayfield Football Club. There was a guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, I, you can tell I why. Love it's when a, I hear something you haven't heard before. That's a ripper. <laughs> that's a ripper. Oh, I wish I thought of that at the time. Anyway, yeah. so my friend said, I met this boy, and he had his hands under the table. So when we met, it was mm. all. Oh, and I said, he's really hot. I'm really keen on him. Mm. I went home with him. And when she realized that he was missing yeah. fingers on one hand and had nubs, she didn't want to have anything to do with okay. him. Okay. That was her deal breaker. Which, which, so you did a phone her on relationship so I, deal breakers. <laughs> so I did, can you date yeah. someone with nubs oh, as, okay. the, as the phone Now. The worst thing about this was this man was highly offended, Mm. as he Mm. should have been. I was insensitive on every level, and I actually think I'm a real bitch when I think about it because he's obviously lived with that for years, and and that and it's a and it's a. As much as we're having fun, it's literally, it's a, it's a ter- disability. It's a terrible It's something disability. that he's had to live with all his Who life. Who makes fun of disabilities? Yeah. You know, this was, well, the, I this was like, when you could, mind you. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I think you know that, I mean? I mean, this is a conversation we have consistently on this show, is the nature of yeah. that our, we, our world's changing and yeah. our awareness of that is changing. I know, but do you know what? I knew it was wrong at the time. I oh, knew you did? I did. It was okay. just, and I, but you know, I was probably desperate for material that yeah. day. Or you know how it can be. You sometimes I do things do. you think, yeah. And anyway, yeah. so this boy rang up and was very, mm. very upset. So I agreed to meet him. Yeah. Went to the um, Elwood RSL. In the old days, I would have made a joke about how did he dial the phone, but we are better <laughs> than that these days, Bridge. I'm just trying to make you feel comfortable. It's okay. <laughs> We're both in this together Thanks. now. I really appreciate no. that. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So I went and had a drink with him at the RSL yeah. and I um I apologized. I said, I am so bloody sorry. I had no right to yeah. um and you know what? It was a re- it was a really awful thing to do. And I know now we're more of aware of it, but I knew then back then you don't make fun of someone who's got something that's probably a massive and when a girl leaves him because he's 
Yeah. He hasn't got fingers. He's, you know, the boy's yeah. got issues. It's, not, it's Yeah, it's not. It, like, he has probably struggled all his life with having to deal exactly. with it. He's probably copped a whole bunch of jokes. And now someone else on the radio yeah. is also making jokes about it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he might have really liked this. He, you know, all the things that are in his mind about, oh, no one's going to, you know, want to be partnered <laughs> exactly. up with me because of what I have. Exactly. And it's reinforced it all. No, I mean... Having that, taking that moment, and look, it's it's a conversation that comes up consistently on this show, and certainly not something that I'm claiming that I am in any way fully evolved in no, yet. No, because we're all trying to be, we're all trying. There to. is something about difference that traditionally, you know, things have been interesting to us. If something is different, if yeah. someone is tall, they're yeah. short, they're yeah. yeah, they're fat, they're yeah. skinny, they're whatever. Yeah, that difference has been something that becomes an identifier of them because when you are part of the the group, those mm. those things yep. that are different become yep. the things that you make fun of or the things that you notice or the things you identify them by. And I think as we evolve mm. and we're starting to learn, like mm. you said, that everybody has their own story. Everyone that does. this person isn't Mr. I don't have any fingers. Yeah. That this person is a person yeah. who happens to yeah. also not have yeah. any fingers. Yeah. That's just taking that time to think of them as a person and not the yeah exactly and not what they are. But when you describe they're tall, they're short, they're fat, they're that. I my first thought was their yeah. material. Isn't yeah. that terrible? And that's what used to happen. It, you know, anything was material though. So that's an interesting question because then it gets to this question, which is when you're in the business of your life being your job. Yeah. Because you are employed to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you've so, got to come up with a lot of shit when you do breakfast radio. So therefore. What were your rules around that? Because I have certain ones of my own about what it is that I will talk about, about my private life. I tend to, if I could, and again, this is not always I've had these rules, Mm. but I hope to think that I live by these rules now, which is that I will pretty happily make fun of anything to do with me. Yep. Yeah, you can, same. You can be I'm, self-deprecating I'm as much as pretty much an like. open book yep, when it same, comes to, yep. to things that concern me. Yep. The minute they step into th- them being at about someone else yeah. or revealing something about. So I will tell a story about my private life or my personal life if I am the butt of the joke. Yes. But if the other person who is involved exactly. in the story is the butt of the joke, that is not a story and that that's I go it. I totally go on the same. And the, there's a couple of comedians going around at the moment who I think are incredibly funny, but it's mean funny. I find that I'm not going to say who they are, but but I, I find mean, obviously once this podcast finishes, though, I, I immediately want to know what their names <laughs> but are. But there's one in particular who I think gets his laughs by being mean. And I'm not sure I like mean comedy anymore. I'm not mad on mean comedy. I don't think I've ever been mean. Um, but that rule of I'll de- de- deprecate, <laughs> mm. I put myself down. And that's what people, that's what people relate to. So they want to know that, you know, this happened to me. It's all that stuff. But what I won't do, I found with the kids, when they were little, I could get so much material out of them. The minute they got to the age where they're like friends or teachers or whatever listening, I just stopped. They became a no-go zone. And I look at comedians, people on the radio who talk about things, about their kids getting, you know, really quite personal things happening to them. I just can't, wouldn't. But, you know, what never works for everyone, that's just not something I ever wanted to do. Yeah. I've, like, I've had, I actually, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, um, uh, I was doing an interview. And it was an interview that wasn't about my relationship at all. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to even don't want to go into much of what's going on. But there's been, you know, some things in that person's world. Yeah. That have been really hard on them of yeah. late, and I am very protective of mm. of that. Yeah. And I was doing an interview about something completely different, 
and the journalist who was doing it took a couple of quotes that I had said that were not about that at all. And then went, and, this person's uh, name hadn't been mentioned, went and Googled their name, obviously yeah, wrote this thing, but also in the article kind of made this big deal about the fact that we were never seen together and I blah, 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 uh, yeah, this sort of thing as if I had some responsibility to, and I, in that moment, I was terrible. like, you can write whatever you want to write about me. You but can don't bring them in. But don't it. bring someone else no, who hasn't signed no. up to this line of work yeah, into exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. You don't well, I'm know not talking anything about, about them. them. You've got no yeah. bloody right to. No, if I had, yeah. If yeah. I had yeah, named that person's yeah. name or if I yeah. had told some story about them, different, fair enough. That's different. a different thing. I agree a hundred million percent. Did you did you bloody well get that journal, whoever it was? No, no, they have to live being them. I that's yeah. what I oh, see. I, I want to get I wanna, I'm happy to name their name after this podcast. I want to see, I want to get I I've got a problem because I want to get back at them. Yeah. I, I would I know it's I know you know <laughs> when you're getting a text, having a text fight. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the best thing you can do is just stop. <laughs> but I just like yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't resist, just get I just can't I can't bear people getting away with stuff like that. It really upsets me. That upsets me on your behalf. I'm re- I'm okay at people getting away with this. Are you? Yeah. Why do you are you a karma train person? Not even. I don't actually care. Like don't as you? in like how can you not I care? I care for the person who's been hurt. Like I get angry on behalf of the person who's been dragged into something that they didn't need to be dragged into. But I actually I could give a shit like How do you control your anger with that person though? See I would want to I would want to I would I want them to know that I think they're the lowest form of life. I really do. I really do. And that goes against my philosophy, perhaps. But how they need to know. Well, I like to think that just, uh, you know, a couple of months later, out of the blue, they're innocently <laughs> listening to a podcast with, uh, you know, Bridget Duclos, who they really admire. Uh, they've called her Bridget the whole time. They suddenly find out that was the wrong thing to do. And then right about now, they're like, oh, I'm that arsehole. And I'm you know the what? arsehole. That, well, so that. that's how it might come back. That's how it might come back. And yeah, okay, fair it enough. It could be a nice subtle ruining of their day because so they know who they are. You're good. <laughs> so you're subtle. I, I'm. I, so it's, for all my, you know, give everyone a chance. Bullshit. I actually want to sledgehammer people who yeah. I don't like unfairness. I, I've got a real problem with, um, you know. So I just can't bear it, and I'm trying to learn not to. When right. you look at the world, the broader world, I mean. Mm. What, outside this studio? Outside this studio. Yeah. Is there a world outside? Oh, for me, sometimes I feel like there's not bridge. <laughs> but um, the actual world. Mm. How do you feel like the state of the world is right now? Like, you know, what's your kind of assessment of where we are as a human race? Oh, look, I just refuse to give in. I, I'm, I feel it's hard having kids, you know, who are very cl- – they're so bloody well-educated now. You know, my kids are 19 and 17. And they're very worried about climate and all of that, and you know, and I know we're in, I know we're in strife, and I know a lot's got to be done. But I, and I know when you turn on the news, it's bloody depressing. And I know when I drive in the car, the road rage is outrageous. Like it's like really, but I just feel this must have happened before, and we kept going. You can't, I can't, you can't just say the world's stuffed. It's it's useless. What are we going to do? Donald Trump's in charge. I mean, you know, we just can't give in to that. We've got to believe that it's going to be okay. I think. Now, I'm a great one for saying it's going to be okay, but not doing anything personally about it. <laughs> I did buy a recycling bin yesterday from Audi oh, for oh, eleven ninety nine. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> and gee, it felt good. You know, I, admittedly, I should have perhaps bought one five years ago. However, it's full of milk containers and all sorts of things, and I'm loving it. No, I I am a bit of a – I'm naughty like that. I'm naughty like that. I am a bit of a – everything will be okay, but I'm not getting my hands dirty fixing it. So that's another bloody complex I've got, if you want to get onto that, is, uh, you know, do more. Do more. 
It's all about doing. I don't know how to do things. Uh, so, but when you have kids, you've got to do stuff. Oh, you do a lot. I mean, I do a lot, but yeah. I don't, but I, I'm like, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but go and bloody do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, some people are going to be, <laughs> some people are, Ooh, and some people are doers, you know, you're an, I'm not a doer. I'm an, yeah, yeah. and I'm, and I'm, I'm not a doer. And I'm, I'm an a ooh. great, I've got a great heart, but I'm not a doer. <laughs> That is my new, that is it. I am, what is it? I'm not a doer, I'm an ooer. Well, you know James Fosdyke, who does the brilliant art for these episodes, he picks like four quotes out of every episode. And if if I'm I'm not a doer, I'm an ooer, doesn't make the cut as one of your quotes. Oh, that's fabulous. Hey, you know what? So how do you, uh, that's what I'm going to do is learn to, so I need to become, put a D in front of the ooh. Mm, Yeah. So, well, so when you have kids, did you have a philosophy of raising your kids? No, nah, I had no idea. Mm. But I, I always, I, I will, I, all I've, to be honest with you, ever wanted is <laughs> once you want your kids to be happy, yeah. it's so bloody important because you worry sick. Every night you go to bed worrying about your kids or something. And so. Seems to me from the outside, sometimes parents are so concerned with their kids being happy that they make their kids unhappy. I know, I agree. And I, but I also think sometimes people are so concerned with them being educated correctly, like bloody playing Mozart to them when they're in the womb. Like, please. Mm. You know, to me, it's like, let them play, let them. But I, I don't know whether I've done a good job with my kids. I, I like them both. Then you want to like your kids. I reckon you know? that's a good start. Yeah, I like them. They're not. I, I, I like them. <laughs> and they go, "Oh, what about love?" I'm like, "Well, what?" So both. But I like think to yeah. like them yeah, well, very. I kind of have to love them. Yeah. yeah, you're like, you're like, of course I love you. I love you're you. my kids. Yeah, but, but the but fact that like I actually you, like you is yeah, because there's no there's no yeah. actual um, thing where you are going to like your kids, you know. Yeah. So I hope that I've I've done. I, and I just want them to be happy, and I just want them to do what they want. Like my daughter's hilarious, right? This quickly, she's doing VCA this year. She said, "What do you want me to get for my ATAR score?" You know, she said, mm, mm. I said, "I don't care, darling. As long as you, you know, I just really want you to know that you've done, you know, bullshit, like everyone says." Yeah. She said, "Her answer to that was." Obviously, it's so hard for me to do well because you don't set the, you don't set the standards. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus. All right, 99. Yeah. Get a 99. You know, you can't win. You can't win. I'm not setting standards high enough. But then I'm, yeah, so they're interesting. But no, so, so far, so good. Uh, that, uh, uh, so tell me this then. I, I, I always, this podcast started with a question. It started with a question that I would ask people, Late at night, you know, in the party, in the smoky room, in the smoky bar. I love this idea. This so. is my question, which is, what do you think happens when we die? Um, I, well, this is weird. I believe in a strange form of reincarnation, not the reincarnation you Google. Mm-hmm. But I believe, I've got, I can't understand why some people are born into um, a life like I was, which was with a nice family who were very nice to me. You know, I had a lovely family, have got a lovely family. But then some people are born into a heroin. They, they are born addicted to heroin right. because their mother was a heroin addict. Yeah. Or they're born as um, a, a gangster's child who never knows anything but guns and, you know. Yeah. They well, I th- yeah. Like, I mean, I think there was a stat I read the other day, which is basically if you earn over $40,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world. Wow. So like to be, so for us to be born in Australia, even though, yeah. even though there's plenty of people in Australia who are born into complete disadvantage in the same ways you're talking about, but to be born even into that yes. 1%, yes. like, you know, exactly. is amazing. Okay. So take that. So, so how do I, how do you explain why someone's born into this and someone's born into that? Because let's be honest about it, you have a different start in life and nurture nature, all that bullshit. At the end of the day, it's very tough. So 
to me, I can't work that out. I can't work that out. So the only way I work it out is I believe that you have a life and then you work your way up. So you start off with that really shit, terrible life and then the next life's going to be a little bit better. Now, I don't think you're an ant or a cow. I think you're always a human. Once a human, always a human mm. is my theory. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's not mm. traditional reincarnation, but it's the only way I can explain to myself why I have been privileged the way I had as a start. Now, I've stuffed it up along the way, but that's me. I was given a good start. To be not given a good start is I can't work out these children who are living in this horrific poverty. How, how can you, how do you justify that? That's the only way I can justify it is with my version of reincarnation. I like that. So uh, just a completely sort of humanist, a human uh, reincarnation in that you start at the bottom of the human tree. Yeah. With the least possible, and that you, there's a possibility of you working. And you way might have up a shit life. You might have a really terrible life yeah. and die at twenty. I mean, you might have because you because you're starving. Who knows? Mm. But the next life has to be better because I I cannot work out why. Otherwise, I've I've thought about it a lot to be honest. I can't. So some people say, well, that's just the way it is. You, know, you balance it on, but that doesn't explain individual cases. I like that. That's a nice thought. And I don't think anybody's ever said that on the podcast before. So I always like when somebody has a new one. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's necessarily a correct one, but it's the only way well, I can deal with it. This is spoilers for anyone listening to the podcast. Nobody knows what happens when we die. And so everybody I well, ask this question I'll, to No, is some people do. What about those people who die for a minute? Yeah, they didn't die though. But they died. They didn't know. They died officially. Are they dead? They were dead. No. <laughs> what about um? Those they're people... not dead, are they? They're alive. But what about those people who come back and say, "I saw a light," or I... "Yeah, well, you, you might have seen a light, mate. Mm. I saw a light when I got up this morning. It was the light <laughs> on my front porch. We've all seen lights, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Stop banging on about it." Yeah, the good thing about this question is there's no wrong answer. Yeah, there is absolutely yeah. no wrong yeah. answer. Yeah, I could have said you become a hippopotamus. And the and... you know, and the problem of the world is when people think they have the right answer and they think that everybody mm. else needs to subscribe to their version of what the right. That's answer exactly is. right. But I don't worry about it. Do you? I don't actually worry. That's so one that's thing the next I question. I do not worry about. I never, ever think about You don't think about death? I think about it because I try and explain why. Yes. But I don't think about it or worry about it. And it de- having kids didn't change that because something no, that I hear from people. I don't want them to die, but I don't mm. so much worry yeah, about myself. Okay. Yeah. I really, truly, honestly don't. It does that in any way inform the way you live your life? Well, no, because I'd like to be much more daring and radical. <laughs> you know, I'd like to take more risks. But what I mean is, you know, some people go, oh, I'm not going to go there because there's a terrorist risk. Or I wouldn't give a stuff about that. I, I, I just figure whatever happens, happens, and there's nothing you can do about it. What does scare you? Um, scares me. What scares me is being sad and unhappy and not liking life. That scares me. Mm. And I've had bouts of that, and I don't ever want to do that again. What is your greatest strength, do you think? Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, gee. Um, my, uh, probably my greatest strength is I actually care about people. I actually really do. And I, and I don't know, sometimes it's a big weakness too. But I think I like that about me. You know, you can pick a couple of things you like about yourself. Most I don't think it's a, I don't think caring about people is ever a weakness. It can be used against you as if it it's can, a weakness. And it has been. And it has. I mean, I, and I've, you can be taken advantage of. I, and I have been. <laughs> but, yeah. but it should never be described no. as a weakness. No, no, no. Much. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. So anyway, that's probably, if you ask my, my strength, it would probably be that. 
I reckon. And is your weakness the same? And thing? I'm really good looking. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you live? It's right. With being so I unfeasibly can say good looking. Well, it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how how does physically what you look like um, affect your life? Oh, look, I I, I just like – I've got really fat at the end of last year. Like everyone will go, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. I was 17 kilos heavier for me. And it wasn't about what anyone else thought. I've just felt uncomfortable. Yeah. It's really weird. I took this photo of myself in the mirror in my undies and bra and I – Thanks for sending day. that to me. Yeah, no, no, no that'll be on the, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the uh, Willosophy uh, yeah. website. <laughs> That's right. We'll post, we'll post the link to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrifying thought. Anyway, I saw it and I nearly bloody died. I, I had no idea that I'd got like that. I, I mean, I obviously knew enough to, to want to, mm. but it's not about how anyone, I really do believe your physical appearance is all that how you feel about yourself. You've got to, if you feel good about yourself, you're halfway there. Mm. And you know how often, well, I know I often don't and often if you don't, it's really bloody hard. So I'm feeling good physically at the moment, purely because I've got all this time in the world to do, you know, as part of my gap year, mm. <laughs> I've got time to, you know, put in. Do you, like you said before that you, um, you know, would, uh, probably take a job if somebody offered you one tomorrow. tomorrow. <sighs> um, I've, I'll do it. I think, the, <laughs> I think the advantage of the gap year though, is something to, to be doing a year to really have a chance to reset. And I mean, in a positive way, not having that year, like you said, like, like the couple of years ago, I'm not being employed, but I'm really bad about it. I'm desperate about it, whatever. But to just go, what do I think? Cause what I is was it? desperate for two years. Yeah. I did that. I did the desperate thing. And then I thought this isn't working. Yeah. So um, turning it into something more yeah. positive where you can go, I'm going to work on my physical strength. And I'm going to work on the way that I, yeah. you know, what is it that, how am I going to fill this bucket up so that when people need to take things out of it yes. again, it's yes. been filled back up to the brim, I think yep. is a really powerful thing. And I haven't had a drink for seven months and that's been, I've done that too, because I figured the only way I had to do something different, you know, what's mm. the definition of insanity is doing the same thing. Is it insanity? Over and over, over and over again. And that's what result. I was doing. Yeah. I was expecting the same results. So, so I've actually given up drinking, but I'm, I'm just doing it for the gap here which is yep. bloody hard, I can tell you. So tell me about that. Cause like, like you said, you're doing it for a year. I've just had a couple of months off the booze and, mm. um, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's you know, it. the funny thing for me is I would consider myself to be a reasonably big drinker, but I've never had a trouble like, you know, just stopping. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. I acknowledge when I say that, that there are so many people in the world who do not have the capacity yeah, yeah. to do that. Well, look, I, I reckon I was a normal drinker. Like all my friends, we yeah. all drink the same. But I think the difference was I thought about an AFD and I couldn't do one. Mm. I actually couldn't. But I think the real – I don't know if I've necessarily got a drinking problem more so that I felt like how am I ever going to make decisions if I'm not clear? Yep. So the only way – if I was going to take this gap year, which is a big extreme year, <laughs> it sounds unextreme, but it's quite extreme in my lifestyle. Um, mm. So I've had I've given up the girl having a drink for seven months and I'm going to – November 18, <laughs> not that I'm counting. Um, and look, a lot of people say you won't want to go back on, but I think I will because mm. I really like drinking. It's really hard not drinking socially. I find it incredibly difficult because all my friends drink. We catch up for a drink, you know. But so not drinking has been great because it's much clearer. But the thing with this year is if, back on, if I did get a job tomorrow, just say I was offered a really good job tomorrow. You'd start drinking. I would. <laughs> well, I'm filling in for you for two weeks. I might have to start drinking for that. No, do you know what? I'd, um, I would take it, but I hope the difference would be 
I know that it's going to end this time, unlike last time. So I will never, this is my hope, never assume again. So all this stuff I'm putting in place, if I get a job or not, isn't relevant. It may, everything else still has to, do you know what I mean? Because I can never go through that again. Mm. I wouldn't survive. How do you think you, because I absolutely guarantee 100%, and you can take this to the bank that at some stage you will you know, be back doing radio again. You are just too wonderfully. Oh, see, I don't think so. Because well, I, well, it's it's been... easy for me to say, Bridge, I'm not like, you know, I don't run a radio station. But here's what I do know is that how super intelligent you are, how amazing oh, you sound on the radio, thank how you. naturally funny you are. You know, it's not, none of that fucking planned. You're very lovely, but no, but... But, but no, I really appreciate that. But it's not happening. It no, hasn't happened. And I'm not, no. I'm not doing this. Is, I, I wasn't even talking, but it's not. No, you're not. And but it hasn't not, yet. And but, it isn't. But when it does, but when it does. So you're, but see, I just say that, aren't you but lovely? When, but uh, but no. when it does. <laughs> how is it? How are you? You're like me. You're very you sure about other people's careers. <laughs> I am. I told you that earlier. I know. Um, oh, what'll be different is I will never ever be. That will never be my identity, and it will never be all that I do. I will continue because I've learned a lot, and I, you know I think it's hard having it down full at fifty. I would rather have my twenty and yeah. got things went well. Just after a bit that. easier to bounce back. You when know you're what? 20, Everything was. It? I just thought I knew it was going to happen because I thought I've had such a good. You know, I knew I'd had a good run. I should have known it was going to run out. But then should it have to? Anyway, the point is, if I do, I hope, in a way, it's better if I don't this year mm. because I need yeah. to keep this, I know that. Get through down. it. Get through the gap year. Yeah. And look, who knows? I still might be a counsellor and not invite people for Christmas. Mm. Uh, you know. And you are filling in for us for two weeks while we're away on holidays yes. on the radio. And Eddie's overseas and, you know, planes crash all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, Eddie told me that he was travelling on three different airlines with his family. I said, is that because of the whole air thing? <laughs> As in, are you worried that you know, your air will die with you if your plane goes down? <laughs> um, no, that is true. But I've, I learned, having listened to your show this week, that you're not allowed to sit in his chair. <laughs> so I'm so, I'm so not going to go near that big chair there. And I will not wear a suit. That I can guarantee you. In fact, I'll be more dressed like in your radio work outfit. Uh, what, uh, can I ask you this, what would you like that people would say behind your back? If people talk about you when you're not in the room, what would you like them to be saying about you? Oh. Um, mm, oh, I don't want, I don't want people to think, I don't want people to think I'm a loser, you know, and I've felt like a loser for two years. Okay. So I, and I'm worried about, I'm coming out of it now, but I was worried about that. That's, I was worried that people would say, oh, she's, you know, I don't think they would have said that, but that was what I was worried about. So I would hope people would say, um, you know, good, good on her. She's still having a good go. And, and you know, and you, and I hate the word nice. It's very vanilla, but I, I, I want to be an, I want to be a good person. Mm. I care about that. And I would hope that people think I am maybe not the boy with the fingers, but I think he's over that. And I think I would never do anything like that again. And, you know, the, and, and in many ways that's kind of part of, you mm. assessing and becoming a different person as well. I know, like, but I don't want to sound like a, I feel like I sound like a bit like a dickhead, you know, oh, I'm so nice and I care about people. I don't mean to sound like that because I, I find that annoying and aggravating. But I just, what I mean is I think that's what I want to be. Yeah. That's well, what there's I aspire a, well, to Well, there's be. a difference between telling people that you're nice and then not being a nice person yeah. or being a person who aspires to be nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. they're two very distinct things and yeah. often they're completely different things. Yeah. Often the people who pretend to be the nicest or pretend to be the, the most good person. <laughs> it's like the person who puts all the money in, in the church thing, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like they're the biggest assholes in real life. Yes. Whereas like, you know, the, those who yeah. don't, you know, go on, you know, don't profess their niceness. But are the can ones I who ask you nice. a question, Will? I don't know if I've got time to yeah. ask you What about those people who are assholes? Like, when do they get their come up and see? I'm my problem in life is I just can't stand it. I can't stand people being horrific and getting away with it. Well, in your reincarnation model, it probably goes to your theory of life, yeah. right? In your reincarnation model, they cop it next time. Yeah, they go back down that well, ladder. I didn't and they have. have to... oh, see, I didn't have snakes and ladders. Mine was only up. Oh, that's interesting. I was only so you evolution. changed my theory. Sorry, I assumed it was. Oh like no, a... no, no! There's no going down. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a different game. It's just called letters. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There's no going down. Okay. Oh, no, it's all like, nye, 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 nye. up. Well, maybe you can add a little bit to it. Maybe <laughs> so this happens? is next time someone's been a real arsehole, you can imagine them sort of. <laughs> Actually, that theory You know, falling a down a little bit. If I, can we do this again in a couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> I knew reincarnation theory will be snakes and letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we do need to finish up, but oh, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to. Uh, this, this is the bit of a standard one as well that I tend to ask people, so I'm going to ask you. Time machine. You get a time machine. Mm, hate it. Don't know about it. Yeah. I hate time travel. Okay. I'm well, like, that, that's a perfectly legitimate answer, but um, I'll ask the question regardless. I won't. Okay. <laughs> Good. I like how bold you've been Sorry. straight away. I hate it. You can go back to a moment in your life. You can change it. Uh, you can go back to a moment in your life. You can observe it. You don't have to change it. You can just go back and watch it happen again. You can relive it over again. You know, uh, you can go back, you can offer yourself some advice. You can do any of these things with this time machine, or you can take the choice that no one else has taken so far, but I think is a, a perfectly as valid a choice, which is to say, no, thank you. I don't need it. Um, I, it's not that I don't need it. I just don't do it. Mm. I don't time travel. Sorry. I, I hate it. Controversial. I hate it. I hate anyone. I hate that Back to the Future fellow. With his <laughs> no, um, look, there's a lot I'd change. There's a lot I'd change. But I look, I got married and I got divorced, but I wouldn't change that because I love these two children I got from that marriage and I really like my ex-husband. You know what I mean? So if you asked me a few years ago, I would have begged to have had, I thought I'd get married and be happy forever. It didn't work out. But I don't know if I'd change it. You know, everything that happens... I'd change how I've handled things along the way and, and I'd change, I'd be a doer, not a ooer. That I would change, but I'm not sure when that exactly what year that was, when the ooing started and doing, I don't know. So yeah, I'm, I struggle with your time. I, I mean, like time. it feels like to me that maybe, maybe <laughs> we need, we've stumbled on what you really need to do because your, your skills are, uh, like you said, counsellor, but the truth of it is counsellor even seems like a bit too hard work. You're going to take those problems home. But you know what? There is a huge market for in the. I don't you think I'm lazy. No, I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I am though. But, but well, but what about? It's not that I'm lazy. I just don't know how to do. What about self help? Like not, you know, as in like the you sort of like, would you be a good sort of you know wellness person? Like a person, <laughs> like could could you be the be a doer, not an ooer? I was an ooer, and now I'm a doer, and come up with some sort of six part, you know, the six steps to go to from ooer doer. to doer. And then like, you know, how to add the D to Ua. Yeah, add the D. 
Yeah. And wow. you know, then you've suddenly got a whole bunch but of people in the room going, add the D. I reckon, add it's, the D. I reckon it's a great idea, but I don't, but that goes back to the whole ooing. Yeah. I don't know how to do. Yeah. But I'm saying, what you're saying, I've got to learn. You've got to learn yourself. Like, you know, it's like uh, the, what's the, the, the lady who went to Bali and had the affair. You know, the, oh, um, eat, well, not the, uh, eat, eat, pray, eat, pray, love. eat, pray, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it at Ua. Ua to do it. Is your, your eat, pray, love. And you can be an Ua to do it. You do the circuit. I like it's perfect. It. I like it. You go on all the shows, explain your Ua, Ua to, to do, do it. You sell your, like, your know, $90 yeah. tapes. You get on wow. Oprah and Ellen. Wow. You don't think you could, you could be on Ellen and then Ellen loves you. You're Ellen's Once you get of, Ellen loving you. Yeah. That's all you need. And then you're done. You're sorted for life. Who to do it? Who right. to do it? There's, it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. worry because the whole, because like, you're asking me to do. By Bridget DeClos. By Bridget <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. I've yeah. so got to go back to that, don't I? Uh, but you have so many good slogans. Build a yeah. bridge and yeah, get over yeah, it. Yeah, bridge How over I troubled went, waters. Bridge over yeah. troubled waters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it almost writes itself. All right. Can't someone else do it, though? Gee whiz. What, are you, what are you up to next couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the problem. A great idea, but now I've got to do it. Yeah. It goes back to yeah. it, This is it. I'm, you're getting it. See? And I wish – it's not that I don't want to. I just yeah. don't know how to. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm well, not, I, I mean, can't isn't, do. That, isn't that the first chapter of the book, though? Like, you know, I was a person who wanted to do things but so just didn't to. know how to. Yeah. And here is my gap year journey of discovery, how I went from being an ooer to a doer <laughs> and how I wrote this book and started this movement. And now I'm, like, worth millions because everybody <laughs> is, like, yeah, wanting to go from ooer to doer. Everybody is. Yeah. I mean, it is. But you're it's, not because you're a doer, so you don't probably yeah. understand ooing. Because you, you know what I mean? People who do don't get ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, a certain, it's only a certain part of the audience who understand yeah. what I'm trying to do. Ah, but it's great for live performances too. <laughs> Who's, who are the ooers? Who are the doers? Now we need the doers to be the ooers and we need the ooers to be the doers. You've got to work out in your relationship whether you're an ooer or a doer. Uh, do you want to be a doer? Because if you've got an ooer, you should send them out the doer. Ah! Like that. See, there it is right there. Yeah, there we go. The ladies and gentlemen, thank Things you. Things writes itself. I'll be here next week. Try the view. Oh, that's uh, Bridge, fabulous. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I loved it, Will. This was as uh, fun you. as I hoped it was going to be. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I oh, hope you had a good time. I've had a ball. As well. Um, uh, <laughs> someone in radio who's listening to this, how good was this? Give me and Bridget a show. Yeah. Oh, come on. There you go. Come that'd on. Be right. That'd be that'd great. Be I'd love good. to work with you. But, but I do have a job. I'd do but... the you and you'd do the do. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs>